Um, so Donna, tell me why you think serving's important. I think serving's important because God takes you out of your comfort zone and he puts you out there and you're more valuable to him out in the front lines serving. Um, I do have a very difficult schedule being my own small business owner. And there are times I've had to get up at like one in the morning, go to work, do my work, leave work, come here, open the coffee stand. And God blesses you when you do things like that. It's really never a negative. It's always a blessing. People appreciate you. You feel the appreciation when you show up. It's, it may seem difficult at times, but when you go through it and you press through it and you do that, the blessing that comes on the other side is way more worth it. Try, try something new. I would say feel around, find what works. Like let, let's say you serve in the nursery and maybe that's not your thing, but try it. Uh, you just might like it. Uh, let's say, like I love serving in the coffee. I've served so many years in the nursery and I've served in youth and Right now, my service is coffee. And it might not be coffee in five years. It might be something else. It might be parking lot. It might be greeting. It might be down here praying. Just put yourself out there. See where God wants to plug you in and where you might fit. You'll be surprised and you'll surprise yourself. Awesome. Let's thank Donna and everybody that serves. That is awesome. How many are glad Donna serves in the coffee area? How many love your coffee? How many wouldn't make it without your coffee? I want to give a big shout out to everybody watching online. Thank you for worshiping with us here today. We're so glad that you're with us. And everybody in traditions in our chapel, especially to my mom, whose birthday we celebrate today. How about a big hand for my mom, everybody? It's great to have you here, and we're in week three on this uh, five-week series where we're talking about saying yes to God's call in our life. And I just want to remind you of what I believe you already know, and that is God has called you. The sovereign creator God of the cosmos has called you. He's called me to serve him and to follow him and to answer his call at every turn. And I just want to encourage you throughout this series to just ask yourself, you know, how am I doing in responding to God's call for my life? You know, am I all in? Am I totally committed? I had to chuckle this week as I was reading about uh, a lady who was saying uh, she wanted to really be committed to a, uh, a new diet and new health in her life by saying no to chocolate. How many think you should say yes to chocolate? Let me see your hand out there. That's right. She wanted to say no to chocolate. And so uh, she, she wrote it out and went something like this. You know, it's day 12 and I've lost total hearing in my left eye. How many can relate to that? You know, I don't think that's quite the idea of being all in. Kind of like the lady I shared about last week who said, I'm uh, happy to tell you that I'm making great progress. Uh, I've already conquered my 14-day diet in three hours and 22 minutes. I don't think that's what it's like to be all in, but uh, I, I like the idea. It sounds inspiring. But we are talking about saying yes to God's call in our life, and I have shared this uh, C.S. Lewis quote each week because I think it just really kind of... Uh, focuses on the point, and it's this. If you're thinking of becoming a Christian, I warn you, you're embarking on something which will take the whole of you. And to me, it begs the question, the whole of me, what am I holding back? What part of me am I not saying yes 
to what God is asking me to do or be. I need to say yes. Peter said, make every effort to confirm your calling. Every effort, every day, every moment, be saying yes to God's call in your life. We looked at these three 3D deliberate discipleship decisions or deliberate discipleship disciplines, and I put them on a, uh, a little 3D bookmark, and some of you are here week one, and if not, there are some more out at the Connection Center. They're also uh, uh, online or on the app if, uh, if you're looking at your app right now. But these are just 12 areas for us to just ask ourselves, am I all in? Am I a fully devoted disciple? Am I saying yes to Jesus in these areas? And we've been walking through uh, a few of them already, and we won't get to all of them in this series, but we'll come back to them over time. But I think the question that I believe is so important is if we were to grade ourselves on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being just like Jesus, uh, how would we grade ourselves on these 12? Are, are, Are we saying yes more than we're saying no? Uh, we talked about uh, God's grace. Will I completely trust and follow Jesus week one? And we talked about committing our lives and praying for those that we know that are far from Christ, that they come and commit their lives. Gather. Will I faithfully attend worship gatherings every week? You know, with the online campus, uh, we can always uh, attend worship here at BCA, either in person or online. Uh, today, we started our early service at 9 o'clock, and there was an outstanding attendance uh, for our first early service this morning at 9 o'clock. Very excited about that that. Um, Grow. Will I read my Bible and pray and fast each week? You know, we start our classes. Did some today, a bunch more on Wednesday night. If you'd like to really jumpstart growth, spiritual growth in your life, I encourage you to come and join in on one of the classes here uh, this Wednesday. Obviously, classes for children, classes for youth, but a lot of adult classes as well. So I want to invite you to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're new to Christ or considering Christ, or if you know someone who's new or considering Christ, bring them with you to the class I'm teaching on uh, Christian doctrine. And uh, I encourage you to come and be a part of that. I think you'll appreciate it. Groups, will I build community uh, by joining and leading a group? Gifts, will I use my gifts to serve others? Giving, will I tithe and give my first uh, 10% of income to the Lord's work? Going, will I share my testimony, the Jesus story? You know, as a church, we're going to Albania, Uh, in about nine days, and then we're also going to Sumba, Indonesia, the end of October, and uh, there's a lot of things we do as a church to go into our community and around the world, and we also need to go to our neighbors and invite them to church and introduce them to Jesus Christ. Godliness, will I forsake sin, recognize his lordship, and live a life of obedience instead of a life of compromise? Generosity, will I move towards sacrificial giving of my time, talent, and treasure? Grief, will I overcome pain and problems in the power of Christ? How many have ever had a problem? How many have ever faced adversity? Every single one of us. Some of you have both hands up. I get it. I get it. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't think a week goes by that I'm not talking to someone who's going through a real major problem that has totally derailed them. In some cases, they've been facing it for a long time, and it continues to oppress them and defeat them. And I'm not saying that there are some things... We don't ever get over, but Jesus Christ does want us to be overcomers. How do we advance through adversity? And we're going to start a new series on October 2nd where we're talking about the road back from regret and how to really overcome some of the deep, deep challenges in our life. And we're going to build those off the uh, book of Nehemiah. Um, Grief, we talked about um, gratitude and glorifying Jesus. Decisions determine direction. 
Direction determines destinations, and destinations determine destiny. But it all starts with decisions. Am I deciding to say yes to Jesus in every area of my life, or am I opting to say no? Am I opting to say no? Today we're going to talk about gifts. Am I saying yes to use the gifts God has given me in the first place to bless him and to bless other people? You know, the Bible says we've been blessed to be a blessing. We've been shaped to serve. God wants to use you and me. When we're born into this life, we're given natural abilities. Some of you are really good at, uh, at math. Some of you have an engineering mind. Some of you are very, very creative. And uh, some of you are very, very musical. There's natural abilities that, that we all have. But we've also, at our new birth, when we come to Christ, we're given spiritual gifts. And every one of us have at least one spiritual gift. And God wants us to use both uh, for his glory. The question is, will I, will I say yes? Now, you know, this isn't a sermon about guilt. Many of you are involved in serving on a regular basis, and so I don't want you to feel guilty if you're not, uh, but I hope that I can inspire you. Uh, I hope that you'll desire to get involved. You'll aspire to get involved. Um, you know, I, I hope that will happen, but, uh, but I just want to challenge you with the question, am I willing to say yes to use the gifts God's given me to serve other people? Now, when we talk about spiritual gifts, it's always important to look at a scriptural foundation. And the first one is really a command. Command of the Lord is that each one of us should use whatever gift we have received to serve others. Peter is saying it here in 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it, as one speaking the very words of God. If one serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. You know, it's not an option. We are commanded to use our gifts to serve others. It leads me to the trajectory of our life. The trajectory of our life as Christ followers must be one of servants, servanthood, service to God, and service to other people. The question we need to ask ourselves is, am I living up to God's calling to be his humble servant and blessing other people as I do? It says here in Mark 10, Verse 43, instead, whoever wants to be great must be servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that leads me to the purpose. The purpose of the gifts that God has given me and given you is found here in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation or the spiritual gifts the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. God wants us to be a channel. He wants us to be a conduit through which his gifts flow. We're not to hoard or dam up the gifts of God. You know that. I know that. The question is, are we saying yes to what we know? Now, let's just take a step back for a moment. See how I did that? Take a step back. Uh, let's take a step back and look at the state of serving here at BCA. Now, over the last three years, it's been kind of crazy. How many, how many have been awake the last three years? How many know things have been a little bit chaotic? And we've been rebuilding our serving teams. And I want you to know that we have just recently crossed the 400 mark, 400 people that are regularly involved in serving. Would you put your hands together and celebrate that? That is awesome. Awesome. But if you know me, you know that we're not done. That's not quite good enough. We need to get to 500 this fall. Look at your neighbor and say, is he crazy or what? Go ahead and do that. 500. You say, how is that going to happen? Well, 
here how it's gonna happen. All we need is for 10 people, just 10 people, to sign up in 10 different areas. Do the math. That's all we need. And, and I listed a few areas. You may wanna serve with children. How about youth? How about adult, compassion? Global outreach, senior adult ministries, first impressions, courtesy teams, security, facilities, administration, tech teams, music teams, gatherings, women's, men, and I could go on and on. There are many different areas in the church. The question is, will you say yes? Will you step up and serve and allow God to use you in an incredible way? We have a community we need to reach for Christ. God wants us to use, use us to touch uh, the world, and, and, and we want to continue to build up. Uh, the church uh, by becoming a church that is all about serving and making a difference in other people. You know, the mission of our church is to know, grow, serve, and share. We use this baseball diamond. Serve. All of us need to be serving. That is one of the mission, uh, part of the mission statement of our church. This is what we do. This is what Jesus has commanded us to do, to help more people come to know, people grow, people get involved in serving and sharing. And this is how we do it, by living, loving, and leading like Jesus. Let's go to the next slide. You know, we need to live in the center of three circles. We talked about that all last year. And, you know, this is what the Jesus life is all about, living, loving, and leading, serving, serving like Jesus. It's who we are. It's what we're about as a church. And in Ephesians chapter 4, this is a very, very important passage that says, really, clergy, pastor people like me, and God's church family are partners in ministry. It's the job of the pastor to equip the saints. What does it say here? So Christ gave himself apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers to equip God's people for works of service. To equip God's people for what? For works of service. I need to do the equipping. And together we all need to do the serving. Me and you both. We need to serve. But I need to do the equipping. You know, that Greek word equip is a great, great word because it means to prepare and repair. In Koine Greek, it really talks about uh, physicians who, who uh, set a bone and, and you know, prepare it and, and repair a bone. Or, or it's also used of, of fishermen who are uh, preparing and repairing the nets, you know, uh, mending, you know, and, and, and also preparing nets. And so, you know, as we preach here today, and as we, as we teach classes, and as we, as we have services every single week, the challenge is to equip God's people for the purpose of going out there and, and hitting it out of the park for Jesus and serving. You know, the Bible says in Galatians, Paul said it, he said, I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus. Have you ever read that verse? And I think about that verse often. My prayer is that we as a church family and we as individual Christ followers will bear on our bodies the brand mark of Jesus. What is that brand? And, and, and the vision that I have is that we will be extravagant in service. We'll be exquisite in service. We'll serve our community. We'll serve our fellow man. We'll serve our church like there's no tomorrow. You know, I say I hope for 500 people involved in service. I hope 100% of our people serve. Really, that's the number. And then as new people come, we help new people get involved in serving because together everyone accomplishes a whole lot more and we can impact a lot more people, a lot more people for Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to pray with me about that. Now, in the time that we have, I want us to look at really five steps to saying yes to selfless serving. And it comes from Romans chapter 12. And let's pick it up at verse one. The first principle is this. I need to dedicate my life 
to service. I need to dedicate myself here right now. Lord, I dedicate today and the rest of my life to being your servant and to serve you and to serve others with all that's within me. That is the motto of my life. Here's what Paul says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I dedicate myself. You know, in the Old Testament, the people of God gathered together and they put a lamb that was holy and without blemish on the altar and they sacrificed that lamb before the Lord. In the New Testament, you know who gets put on the altar? You and me. (laughs) We are living sacrifices. We are to sacrifice to self. We're to deny ourself uh, and to live a life of service. I love what it says here in Luke 9. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. What does that mean? It means that I put my self-centeredness on the cross. I die to self and I live a selfless God centered life, serving God and serving other people. It's a powerful, powerful picture that we see here in the Gospels. So I want to say yes. I want you to be a part of the Say Yes revolution here at BCA. There's a QR code that's going to pop up here. Take a picture of that, and you can go and sign up to be involved on one of BCA's many ministry teams. You sign up if you're not sure where to serve. We'll help you find a place. Lots of opportunities. Really, quite frankly, we want to find opportunity for everybody to find their fit, find their place, using their gifts to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's part of the mission statement of our church to help more people get involved in serving. I was thinking this week, I've I've conducted a lot of funeral services uh, in my life. Lots of them. One day I'll have to stop and add them up. I have kind of a roster of of that, but a lot of them. And I was thinking many of the memorable funeral services are either people that, you know, obviously I've known and and there's a connection that way, but but I've done a lot of funeral services for people I haven't known. And, And even in those cases, maybe especially in those cases, the ones that I remember the most are those who have lived a life of service, a life of service. And their legacy, as their friends and family remember them, is their faithful service. And in some cases, I haven't even known the families or the individuals, really, other than meeting them during that occasion. And I kind of sit back and kind of marvel at at the service and the selflessness and the caring of people. My challenge to you and me right now is let's live out our legacy. Let's live our legacy right now. Let's not wait till we pass away and someone needs to say some good things. about. Let's build that funeral service right now, if you will. Let's live a life of, of service. Let's live out a legacy of putting Christ first and serving others. Number two, I need to eliminate competing distractions. We live in a world that is anti-God and is, is definitely moving in a different direction. And what it says here is do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to get our minds right. Don't conform to the pattern of our world, which uh, we could say at least is self-centered, egocentric, You know, how can I bow down at the shrine of me, myself, and I? How can I put myself first? How can I step on other people's heads to get to where I need to go? We can easily say that. 
How can I, instead of going that direction, be distracted and derailed in that direction? How can I be transformed by the renewing of my mind and go Godward, godliness, virtue, character, others, selfless service? That's what needs to happen. I need to say no to that which will derail me and yes to what honors Christ. Jesus said in Mark 9, 35, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. You remember the stories in the Gospels where the disciples were hanging around the campfire and they were always bickering with each other. They were trying to decide who was the greatest. Yeah, I'm better than you. I'm greater. I'm great. You know, Jesus had no interest in that discussion. That was about as far from his thinking as anything. To him, greatness is found in serving. If you want to be great, serve your tail off. Find new ways, better ways to serve, make a difference in the lives of other people. Jesus didn't even understand, you know, what they were talking about. Greatness was defined by service. Martin Luther King said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. And Mother Teresa said, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. She also said, if you can't feed 500, start by feeding one. We all can do something. We all can do something special. God wants to use us. He's given us gifts to accomplish what he wants us to do. Jesus was fixated on his mission. We read this verse a moment ago. He says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. It's as if he's pointing at each one of us saying, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Number three, evaluate my strengths. Verse number three says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. I like this in the Phillips translation. This is how it reads. Don't cherish exaggerated ideas of yourself or your own importance, but try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities. Now here's the thing. I think there's two, two ways that we, that we miss this. The obvious one is we um, think too highly of ourselves. We become arrogant, prideful, it's all about me, and God says there's no room for that. It's about humility, selflessness, serving, and others. But there's another thing that we don't often think about, and that is we can think too lowly of ourselves, too little of ourselves, and we can minimize ourselves. Listen, listen, God has saved you with the most expensive blood that you could imagine, the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. You are extraordinarily special. He has gifted you and wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use all of us in a special, special way. You are extraordinary to him. Don't minimize that. Don't poo-poo that. God wants to use you to impact other people in ways that maybe you haven't even fathomed. God wants to use you. He wants to use you in a very, very special way. So don't poo-poo it. Don't, don't minimize it. You know, we, we can think too highly of ourselves for sure, but we can also think too, too small of ourselves. We like to use this shape acrostic, and it's not original with us. We've talked about this for probably 20 years, and we've learned this from others. But, but it, it talks about all of the ways God wants to leverage our lives for good and for blessing. And we're talking about spiritual gifts here today, so that's the S. But how about heart passion? Some people have the gift of teaching, but their passion is working with kids or working with youth or maybe teaching adults. 
You know, some have the gift of, of encouragement, and they really want to be working with people that are under-resourced in the area of food or housing. You know, people have, have spiritual gifts, but they also have heart passion. What is your heart passion? If you could do anything in the world for Christ, what would that be? How can God fan that into a flame and use you in ways that maybe you haven't been used recently. Abilities, we talked about natural abilities. God wants to use those. Personalities, some are out, uh, outward oriented, some are more introverted. You know, there are lots of personality tests and we've all taken those and, and there's a lot of wonderful things we can learn about how God can leverage that for good. And then how about experiences? This is one I find that many people overlook. God wants to use our good experience, our bad experiences, our educational experiences, you know, our work experience, I mean, you name it, all sorts of experiences. He wants to use those, bring them all together to impact people for good. I mean, who better to help one through a really, really difficult time than someone who has also come through a very, very difficult time? Experiences. God has shaped you. He shaped you. Job says, your hands shaped me and made me. You know, Throughout the Bible, what do we see over and over again? God using ordinary people to do what? Extraordinary things. He takes a 14-year-old virgin girl to house the Son of God? He takes a little boy with a little sack lunch to feed the multitudes. I love that story. He basically says, what's in your hand? A sack lunch. Can I have what you have? Yes, say yes. What's in your hand? What does God want to use that you have? And will you say yes? He takes tax collectors and fishermen and uses them to turn the world upside down. He takes a Christ hater and Christian killer and saves him and he turns into arguably the greatest missionary the church has ever known. God takes the ordinary and adds himself to the mix, and we see the extraordinary. But it all comes down to the decision. Will I say yes? Will I say yes? We are great. We are great at answering with excuses. God, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. We got, we're really good at excuse making. We need to get better at saying yes, and less at excuses. Number four, participate with other believers. Just as each of us has one body with many members and, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many form one body. Now this is very similar to the great passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where uh, Paul goes into detail, kind of humorously so, about you know, one body you know, uh, but many parts. You know, and you've all heard of mutiny on the, the, the bounty. Well, this is mutiny on the body. Um, you know, he says, you know, if everybody's a hand, you know, what's going to get done? If everybody's a mouth, if everybody's an eye, if everybody's a foot, you know, we need all, you know, I need this hand and I need that foot and I need that elbow. I mean, all those things are kind of important. You know, it, it's very, very helpful to me in many, many ways. So if everybody in the church was an eye, uh, Paul basically tells it in a humorous way in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, you know, if you have an eye, but if you didn't have a face, but your face was an eye, then you'd have an eye on an eye. And if your neck wasn't a neck, but it too was an eye, you'd have an eye on an eye on an eye. And if your torso wasn't a torso, it was an eye. You get the drill. 
You know, I need my hand. Well, it's, it's an eye hooked to an arm, which is an eye. I mean, you talk about some mutant monster. I mean, you'd have a big eyeball walking around. And I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the early... I'm sure... I'm sure the early disciples would have looked at each other going, wow, that is so funny, Paul. That is amazing, you know, and had a big laugh over it. But, but the point that's being made there is we're all different, but that diversity and that difference brings great strength. And God wants to use you and your natural abilities and your God-given spiritual gifts and your life experiences. He wants to leverage it all together to impact other people for his glory and in his name. So important. You know, we've all read about search and rescue teams that go out and try to find that, that uh, young uh, child who's drifted away or gotten lost. I read about one of those stories recently, and fortunately it ended well. They found him. Uh, he was lost in the woods all night, but they, you know, finally found him. And, you know, many, many people working together made it happen. And, you know, it's illustrative of what happens in the church when we all work together. We are on a search and rescue mission. We're trying to help reach as many people for Jesus as we possibly can. When we all work together, good things happen. Lives are touched. Things happen. There are a couple areas of ministry that uh, I want to highlight. If you're saying, I'd like to get involved, but I'm not sure where to plug in. First impressions. You know, can you smile? Can you shake a hand? If you've been baptized in lemon juice, find a different ministry. Can I hear a big amen to that? But, I mean, if you have the capacity to smile and shake hands and be encouraging, we want to really rebuild the whole five uh, waves of uh, courtesy first impressions teams, you know, out in the uh, parking lot, on the patio, at the front door, in the lobby, at the entrance to uh, whether it be the chapel, whether it be the uh, main worship center here or over in the activity center. And we need you. We need you. Uh, And it's important for you to know that you're needed. And so I just want to say that. And then also children's ministry. If you have a heart to get involved in working with children, you know, we'd love to see another 20 or so people get involved here over the next week. We really, really want to have the best, best children's ministry we've ever had and that you could find anywhere. In fact, next Sunday, you heard this earlier, we're going to have our Family Life Ministries luncheon. And I'm uh, very much looking, I think if you go to the next slide, we might have that slide with the details on it. But I'm really looking forward to being a part of that lunch and really sharing some things with our families of our church as to what I've observed over the last 30 years of when our children's and youth and family life ministries were the strongest. These are some of the characteristics, and I want to really impart that to our, uh, our church family, so I hope you can be a part of that. Number five, let me wrap it up here. Activate my gifts. Notice there are seven spiritual gifts that Paul mentions here. We have different gifts according to the grace given. Prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing, leadership, and showing mercy. If you were to look at those seven, are you able to determine which one of those you might have? You know, uh, we have shared many spiritual gifts inventories and tests through the years, and we can help you with that if you have not participated in that before and uh, would love to do that. But I really believe these seven gifts here in Romans 12, 6 through 8 are what I would call motivational gifts. Every single one of us has one of those at least. Um, and then there are manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And then there's the ministry gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. But these motivational gifts, you know, we think of prophesying. And a lot of people think of uh, uh, foretelling uh, like the future, predicting the future, like Daniel or Revelation. They think of prophesying. That's the thing they think about. But, but really here, it's more about forth telling, not for, but 
forth, like John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist had the ability to get in people's grill. You brood of vipers, you know, that kind of conversation. And some of you might have that ability in a good way now, in a good way, uh, where you can kind of, you know, bring truth to a situation, confront people, care enough to confront and, and really speak to people. Uh, you know, serving, like Martha. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? You know, Mary's washing Jesus' feet, which, of course, was, uh, you know, really highlighted in that passage. But, but, but Martha was also doing some meaningful things. It kind of gets pushed to the side in that story. But, you know, the church is run largely, largely by people working behind the scenes. I mean, if you were to say, Rob, who are the, the celebrities of the church? It's those people. It's the people that do what needs to be done. They take care of things that need to happen. They have the ability to see things, step in, and make it happen. I mean, you know, people with the gift of, of serving. Teaching, Paul is a great example. You know, we have uh, people in our church, and you may uh, have this gift yourself, and God might want to use you. You know, taking the truths of Scripture and relaying them in simple, understandable, and applicable ways. Very, very important. Paul, you know, of course, one of the greatest teachers of all. Encouraging. Barnabas was called the son of encouragement. You know, these are the people that come along and offer a word in season and can build people up and lift people's spirits. You know, how about uh, giving? You know, the Macedonian church gave generously. People with the gift of giving are people that have a divine, each of these are spiritual gifts, a divine enablement, a divine gift to make money and to give it generously. You say, boy, I wished I had that gift. I'd like to make a lot more money. God, I'll give it. Well, maybe he knows you wouldn't give it, so that's why you didn't get that gift. Uh, but being as it may, uh, there are some people that have that extraordinary gift, and uh, God wants to use that to build his church. The Macedonian church is a great example on the generosity side of that equation. Leading, you know, Nehemiah was organized, diligent, deliberate, had the ability to mobilize people to accomplish a task to take the next mountain. That's the gift of leading. And then showing mercy, you know. We have tons of people working at the Bethany Compassion Center that have the gift of showing mercy. They may not even know it, but, I mean, they just have a divine gift to really care and show compassion and to uh, show empathy and to serve other people. You know, where has God gifted you? And are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to say yes? I would love for us to be able to help you find your fit, find your place if you haven't already to move forward. Well, let's close this way. I want to share uh, a slide here in the next slide on how to apply. And... Uh, you know, I noticed this in our uh, earlier service. Somehow we have uh, the one from last week, so I'm going to have to walk you through that. I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, I want God to use me in using my gifts. That's what A is supposed to be. I'd like you to take that connection card, and I'm going to walk you through that. Um, and if you're online, you can go ahead and just use the online um, connection card. It's also on the app. But I want God to use the gifts he's given me to be a blessing to others. I hope all of us would take one of those cards and put down an A. You know, B, I want to join a ministry team. It says group there, that's from last week, but I want to join a ministry team, a serving team. I want to join with a, a group of other like-minded people, and I want to join that team and serve, and I'm going to sign up today. Now, that's a real deliberate step, and I want to encourage many of you to do that, many of you to do that. I'm praying for 100 people to get plugged in that aren't right now. You know, I want to help, you know, lead, you know, in a particular area. Let us know about that. And then 
Maybe the most important, probably for sure the most important is letter D. I want to commit or recommit my life to Christ. As we walk through these deliberate discipleship decisions, we can't help but ask ourselves, am I really truly all in for Christ? Am I fully devoted to Jesus Christ? Am I totally committed to Jesus Christ? And maybe you're here today listening online or uh, in the chapel or right here in this uh, main service right here, and you'd say, you know, I need to commit. I need to recommit my life to Christ. I want to be all in. I want to be a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. Right now, online, we're going to have our online pastor uh, begin to lead, and in uh, the chapel, our traditions pastors will lead a close to that service. Here in the main service, I want to invite everybody to stand. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing a closing song. And I want to invite you to step out. Maybe you'd like to commit your ministry to the Lord. Maybe you'd like to say yes to Jesus and step forward and say, I want to serve him daily the rest of my life. Maybe you want to stand in for somebody in your family that has a need, or maybe you have a personal need that you'd like to just agree with someone in prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you for everybody that's here today. God, we, we come into the service today from a full week and a full month and a full year, and there's a lot going on, and I know many carry a heavy load. And we, God, we just unburden our hearts at the foot of the cross. We cast our cares on you, Lord, because you care for us. Lord, I pray that you will inspire all of us with a desire to use our gifts and to live a life of service. I pray, Lord, that You'll continue to grow the ministries of BCA so that we can impact not only those that grace our church family, but all of those outside that we're attempting to reach. God, I pray that you'll continue to grow the ministry teams and the service groups of BCA over the course of these next few weeks as we move from 400 to 500 individuals involved in faithful, ongoing service. If you're here today and you would say, in all honesty, I need to commit my life to Jesus. I need to recommit my life to Christ. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just lift your hand to the Lord and just hold it high for a moment? Today I want to commit. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I'm going to start with the most important thing and make sure that I am walking with Christ. God bless you. God bless you. You may take your hands down. I'd appreciate it if you'd tell me about it on that connection card. To say, hey, today, letter D, I prayed to commit or recommit my life to Christ. I want to be praying for you and, and reach out and invite you to some important classes that I think you'll find very helpful. God, I pray your blessing on our church family. Bless the ministry of BCAA, Lord, as we continue to build it stronger and stronger week by week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing together, and then we'll be dismissed.